This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I am Billy Mully and today I'm joined by Jamie Castle to look ahead to the January transfer window. First of all, Jamie, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. I'm, I'm glad to have missed out on such a joyous pod that was the uh, the Blackpool victory. So it's good to have, have a bit of an ad hoc pod here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I mean, yeah, going back to that podcast, I know uh, Stephen gave you a 5 all drawing the score, uh, the score predictions so yeah I think that'll be interesting to see I think he said um, Mitrovic to score all five and Adebayo to score all five as well so uh, within think, the realm I mean, of possibility I think that would break the betting app to be honest so uh, I think, I, I think I'll, I'll leave that alone for this weekend yes I, I'm, I'm sure you're wise too but we'll get on to the transfer window stuff no it's not like us to put two podcasts out in a week but we just thought we've with everything that's going on at the moment, it will be it will be nice to try and get two out. And Jamie's got a free week. I've got not a free week, but you know, I can uh, I can fit this this in. I think um, yeah, fit some time in for a little bit of talk about the transfer window as as January looms. Because I'm sure as we head to the Christmas break, everything will start to get crazy again. What we're going to look at today is players that we can see departing for good in January, players that we can see going out on loan in January, and then look at areas that we feel that we need to strengthen in, maybe needs a, a bit of a strong word or, or wish to strengthen in if need be. Um, we'll also look at a couple of individual players that we like in the EFL and, and could see a sensible move for. And yeah, that will that will conclude it. But first of all, we'll go on to the players that could depart for good in January. Jamie, is there anyone standing out to you in our current squad that you could see being moved on for good? I mean, just looking at the, the squad of what was it, I think 27, 26 players we have, I think the only one real standout that you think, yeah, might move on is, is probably Potts. Um, I think had you asked me, 
four, eight weeks ago. I probably would have, would have added in Glenn Ray into that. Um, but he's he's put in some some some, good, some pretty good performances over the past sort of four weeks or so. Um, so he's definitely worthy of of seeing out the season uh, at least. Um, but yeah, just the stand parts. I think the, it's 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 sort of strange because I think. Mayford last year in in his press conferences sort of insinuated that Potts was going to be that, that left side of the centre half, um, and he's I think he's played what twice this season. Uh, I think both times it was at left wing back or, or, or left back in a four, um, just because of how how good that well, well just how good that back three has worked this season, be it Lockyer, Burke. Bradley, Smith, just three of those four have been so good. So I, I can't really see him getting in, um, especially if, as you've got like Osho as, as cover as well. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think out of the 27, probably just Dan Potts, really. Yeah, I have to agree with that. What what kind of level do you think he would, would go down to? Because I think it's quite, not obvious, but I don't think he'd secure a championship move uh, in total honesty. I don't think the championship has been been his best level. Of course, he has put in good performances at championship level, but I think he could have a, a real impact at a lower league level. So, uh, what would you go for in terms of? Do you reckon he could secure a club in League One, League Two? Yeah, absolutely, League One. Yeah, he's definitely definitely not a League Two player. Um, I think it depends on where the the buying club wants to play him. Um, if you're talking left back, then then League One. Uh, I, I still think if there's a, a three at the back side in the champ that that wants to give give him a go, be it a, a hole type, um, I think absolutely. I think someone like a hole could come in for him to, to sort of be that left that left side of centre half. Um, but if if a club was to buy him to be a fullback, then yeah, top half league one. I think. He's a better player that than we all think, but he just hasn't really had time to get a run in the side, um, and and that's sort of twenty six piece of still, I think is he. So, so so we still got some some good years in him yet. Yeah, one one other name that I do want to bring up is Danny Hilton. Obviously, he's gone up in the pecking order, you could say, in recent weeks because mm. it, it seemed before that Adebayo has been number one. And then Cameron Jerome has been number two, but in recent weeks it's shifted. Yeah. Hilton has, has seemingly come above Jerome. So do you think that's down to purely Hilton's good work and, and um, perhaps jo- Jerome not being in form as, as we would have hoped for? Or do you think that could be some sort of tactic to try and get interest in Hilton in January? So that's a very interesting point. Um... I just don't think Jerome has played as well as we all had hoped he would. Um, I mean, he, he came on for the last 20 minutes at West Brom and changed the game. Uh, I thought he was fantastic in that 20 minutes, but since then, he's not quite been at that level. Um, again, it's, I, I think it's tough for any player to come in as like a bit part player and expect for him to hit, hit heights that we expect. I mean, obviously, when you've got someone as good as Elijah Adebayo as, as your your centre forward playing ninety five ninety five percent of of the games, he's obviously that that that's that's the level that you want. But then when you bring on a Jerome who might not be fully match fit, who's not quite in his in his rhythm, 
we I guess we 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 almost have to sort of lower what we expect a little bit. Um, but anyway, he's he's, he's not he's not been as good as 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 what we expect. Um, and actually, I think Hilton has actually looked the livelier in, in his sort of in his infrequent appearances. Um, so naturally, yeah, I think probably at the minute Hilton is number two um, in, in that sort of out and out centre forward um, role. It's quite interesting what you do say about Jerome there, because I imagine when when Jones was recruiting him and and putting forward that plan as he does the presentation that, that we've we've heard about. I imagine he would would have probably said that, that there would be more first team opportunities for him. But I think that Adebayo's consistency and, and rise, I don't think even Jones would have predicted Adebayo to become as integral this year because we we knew when we bought him that it was a process with him. And of course he shone last year, but he's really hit new heights. I think that's probably played a little yeah. bit part in in Jerome not getting the minutes as as we would have expected and, and probably um well and that's what we're seeing now with Hilton whether that is him whether that is Jones sorry trying to get minutes into him to try and, and force a, a league one club to come in for him and and go that kind of way or if it's purely because Hilton is impressing more than, than Jerome both on the training ground and on match day so yeah I think that's Definitely one to keep an eye out on. Uh, Hilton, of course, has is, is scored his first championship goal, which is uh, <laughs> a, a big weight off his shoulders, I'm sure, causing brilliant scenes at Ashton Gate. So, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how, how all those those situations pan out, I guess. Yeah, I think that point on Elijah is a fair point. I mean, I think every Luton fan, it sort of, we all saw the potential that Elijah had. Um, but to expect him to, to become a, 40 game a season, 20 goal a season striker this season, I think was probably beyond all of our imaginations, but he's he's, he's on track for that uh, at the minute. So if in that presentation, Nathan says, actually, look, we've got Elijah Adebayo, who's probably a 30 game uh, striker. So there's 16 games there for you to come in and 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 really sort of impact the side. That, that probably w- w- was part of it, but as you mentioned, Elijah has now, has now turned into this week in, week out scoring goals instead of forward. I mean, okay, he had that, what, four-game drought recently, but even in those droughts, he, he still looked still look like scoring at every opportunity. Um, so, yeah, and it's tough. I mean, Jerome physically, I think, is still there, but I guess when you're 35, it becomes harder and harder to really get to that level when you've got a 22 year old, six foot, whatever, centre forward who's just a machine up, up top. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a fair point. Well, um, we'll move on to players that we could see leaving on loan because, of course, we were looking at the squad depth earlier. And it is, it is crazy to think that the, the kind of players that we do have in each position. And I think when you look at it more closely, um, you, you just see talent all over the pitch. If you put a second string Luton team out, it would look very, very good at the moment. So I think that there are indications that there will be more players allowed to leave on loan in January. I just want to hear your thoughts on who you think they might be. I think for me, much like the, the sort of permanent uh, one with parts, I think there's only really one standout player that will go out on loan. I think that's Dion. Um, I think 
he clearly went to Yeovil for a reason early in the season. Okay, it didn't work out. He got injured. Was it game one or game two? Um, but I think he needs that loan. Um, I think unlike your Carlos type player where, in fact, no, actually he needs 12, 18 months in, in the Luton setup, training with the squad, training under our our staff at the club. Dion's now had that. He's had the 18 months, almost 24 months in the Luton setup under the under the Luton coaches. He now needs to go out and, and get minutes, get games. Um, and he definitely good enough for, for, for League Two, at least. I mean, he played in that cut game at Stevenage and he was the best player in the park for me. Um, so he can definitely get a, a loan to League Two. And, and if he can get 15 games um, sort of from January to, to May, that will stand him in, in, in great stead going into next season. I think technically he is good enough for the level. He just needs minutes. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that it was a National League club that we that we we sent him out on loan to initially because, as you say, he played in that Stevenage game, came on, and and was sensational. Really intricate passes. He was he was getting on the ball on the turn and and making things happen. He was a real handful for that Stevenage defence in that sort of 20, 25 minutes that he was on. And yeah, I, I think we were both saying after the game that perhaps uh, even League Two might be too low of a level for him because of how, mm. how much he actually shone in that game, which is a big credit to him and, and the impact that he made. Another player that we'll, we'll talk about is Elliot Thorpe. Uh, it's quite, we're quite unsure, um, I think, speaking speaking with the four of us, what the pathway might look like for him. Of course, I think that there's always that flip side of the coin. You, you either go try and get through sort of the development and uh, development side of things and then start making your way on the bench and impact on the bench and then start getting your first team appearances up and sort of graduate through the academy system through that kind of route but then there's also the loan route which a fair few players have, have gone down in, in recent seasons so do you expect him to stay close to the first team and, and continue with the under 23s uh, under 21 sorry or do, or do you think that a, a loan move might be better for him as well now, I think, like Carlos, I think, I think he needs time in the setup. I mean, he would have had a preseason with Spurs, um, joined us, what was it, late September, roughly. Um, and I think he just needs that time at Luton to sort of settle into the, the way we work. Because I think, sort of like Carlos, there's no doubt on his ability. I think it's just trying to learn the Luton way now. Um and, and learn, learn how we play, start a play, learn what, what Nathan expects of, of his players. Um, and I okay, he's playing in the, in the 23s, but he's, he's definitely training with, with the first team day in, day out. Um, so I, I think, I guess, in terms of FA Cup draws, just quickly go on to that. I mean, Harrogate at home is probably a, a great draw for that because we, because we can just try and start a strong side, but replace two or three with the likes of your Elliot Forbes and, and your Pereiras and, and give them a game in in a first team against okay a League Two side but but a strong League Two side. Um so no I, I can't see Fort going out on loan. I think an FA Cup one could, could be good for him. Um because I think he, if he can get two if he can get two or three games in in the first team this season, I think that that'll put him in good shape for next next season 
Yeah, interesting about Thorpe, given that there was Premier League clubs, there were teams in the Bundesliga also after his services this season and him citing first team opportunities at Luton as, as the ultimate reason why he joined Luton. It would be strange if we didn't see too much of him this season. I, I, I know competition places is at its maximum at the moment. And of course, he's a young player learning his trade. But yeah, I think we, we should expect to see him maybe once or twice as, as the season comes to comes to an end. I think we've seen that with Dean Pereira. He came on against uh, QPR last game of the season. I think um, Fort will probably be looking at something similar. Um, a, a couple of appearances from the bench as the season progresses is, is probably what we expect from him. But we'll go on to looking about arrivals and areas we need to strengthen. So is there any glaring positions or areas that you are worried about or any sort of positions that you feel like we could strengthen if given a chance? Um, I think naturally, having said that, I think Potts might go. I think left back is is one to strengthen. Um, I just get worried that if Bell was to get injured, I think so far he's been pretty good from an, from an injury perspective. He's really missed two or three games. Um, I think if Bell was to get long-term injured, then that would, would be a concern because I wouldn't want to restrict Fred playing there, left wing back, and I wouldn't want to affect that back three by dragging Nathan across. I mean, Nathan is more than capable of being a really good left wing back, but I guess having players that can play in more than one position is a good thing, but at the same time, if you rely on that too much, it can distract from other areas of the team. Whereas, like, okay, Jordan Clark can play right wing back, but ultimately you want Jordan Clark in that number 10, be it as as the sort of the two quasi tens that he played a lot uh, it, it, that he played in against Blackpool with Carlos, or as the one out and out ten behind the front two. You want Jordan Clark in that area. You don't want to restrict his ability by playing him at, at right wing back. And Putting Nathan at left wing back wouldn't restrict his ability, but it would materially impact our back three. Because suddenly, if you then have a back three of Bradley Burke, Lockyer, all fantastic, all, all, all great centre halves, but Nathan is that great ball progressor. Um, and it's been seen recently by moving him into the middle because he's been playing left, left side centre half for most of the season. But then teams caught on to that, tried to press that. So they've now he's now been, been moved in the middle. And he's now trying to progress the ball from a central area rather than the wide area. And if Bell was to get injured, I think that would it that that would hurt that great sort of back three. Um so I think a, a left wing back is probably number one for me. Um not asking for someone who's gonna start 30 games, I think maybe build for the future, try and find a young left wing back, sort of early 20s, that, that could play there in, in, in a year or two. Because ultimately, you've got a forward plan, right? I mean, it, Brentford did it fantastically, where ultimately, you can set a player, but you've actually, you've got a player already lined up. So, like, if if Brentford was to lose Rico Henry tomorrow, they've got Dom Thompson there, just just sat there, who, okay, he's not, he's not had the games that, that Henry's had to date, but He's a fantastic young left wing back that, that, that they trust and, and, and he's been in the setup. So we need to get to that sort of mould and we need to get a young left wing back that when Bell is to go in two years' time, because Bell's not young, I mean, it's not old, but he's not young either. 
um, then we've got someone that can just step up and we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have to worry about having to quickly go out and, and sign one. Ensuring that we do have, even if it's a younger option, ensuring that we do have an out and out left wing back in in the space of um, in the space of Bell, because as we said before, Potts is a left back that he's not a left wing back. Um, quite a lot of full backs can be classed as wing backs because of, of their natural attacking tendencies, but I think Potts is, is on the other side where he's more he's completely almost completely defensive uh, defensively focused. So. Yeah, right. I do fully agree with that. And that might have been what we've seen during the summer where we had the, I forgot his name, but the young Burton lad in yeah. trial. That that could have been... Hutchinson, wasn't it, I think? What was that? It was Hutchinson, wasn't it, I think, his name? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know what's happened with him. I don't know mm. anything about him now. I don't know if he if he managed to find a club in the EFL or if he he's... he's out doing his own thing now. But um, yeah, well, I do agree that a left wing back, a young left wing back who perhaps might be of a similar mould of Thorpe where we recruit him maybe for the under 21s, but with the idea that we do want him as a first teamer, say next year, we do want him fighting for a spot next year. That might be the, the kind of route we go down. Um, we'll go on next to, to three players that you've seen maybe in the FL, maybe elsewhere, just players that you've come across that you would think that would advance Luton as a football club. So go for your number one. I think number one um, sort of feels bad because you're benefiting from a, a club sticking spot, but it's got to be Max Bird. I mean, I think naturally if if Derby were a well-run club, Max Bird would, would be way, way out of our, of our scope to bring in. Um, but given... Currently being run by administrators, they're going to take whatever money they can get. So it would definitely be a, a cut price in January. I actually wouldn't be surprised if there's a lower league, Premier League side that go in for him just, just naturally because of how cheap they can get him for. Um, but he's a, what, a 21, 22 year old centre mid who's the standout player in that Derby side at the minute. Um, a Derby side that aren't bottom of the league, they're okay. They're, by no means a, a brilliant champ, a championship side, but they're they're doing really well. Um, and okay, we've not got issues with centre mid, but there's there's no problem if if there's a player out there that's better than what we've got. Um, that then why not? And I think Max Bird is that he can play as a six, he can play as an eight. Um, so yeah, I think he's he probably would be my number one. Yeah, it's a good point you make that um, there's not necessarily a need to bring in a centre mid, but given his quality. Um, but when you think back to when we are in League Two, we were buying players in preparation for trying to establish ourselves in League One. So if, if we were to secure a player like Bird, is that the kind of similar uh, objective that, that we've got, buying someone in so that we can progress him and, and with the long-term vision of him being a player with us in the Premier League? So, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I'm sure a lot of other clubs uh, will be alerted to him because he is he's brilliant watching yeah, him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for me, he's, he's easily, in, in the White Setup, he's a, he's a top six, top eight championship side player um, in the White Setup. Um, and the, the, the only thing that makes him less realistic for Luton Town is that there's going to be your, your Fulhams and your Bournemouth in for him, I reckon, as well, um, as, as they try and build. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be great to get him. It'd be it'd be tough, but if we did, then then what's we'll sign him? This might be a complete lie, but I 
not 100% sure, but I think West Ham are already after him. Because I know West Ham are already after after three Derby players, and it was definitely Buchanan, the left-back, and I think it was Jason Knight as well, but I'm not too sure who the third one was, so it might have been Bird. wouldn't be surprised. No, that that, that would surprise me. It's a bit like when Palace were after Flint Downs, wasn't it? Um, Where you sort of think, well, why the hell Palace after a League One centre mid? But when you've got a young English player that shows that much promise for that cheaper price, it's almost a no-brainer because they know that they they can get him for a low seven-figure fee, stick him into their their 21s, he can be be there for two years, get him alone in in the Championship. Might not touch their first team, but it can sort of set them on for five six million pounds in two three years time. Um, and to to some of those clubs, it's more about that than actually getting them in in their side. One player I, I do want to I do want to mention what my my first pick is after seeing him last night. As, as I told you, I was at MK Dons um, covering their game against Plymouth yesterday, and I was hoping to see Peter Kioso, but of course the one game that he doesn't play <laughs> I am there for so um yeah that wasn't the best of news when I found that out but the, the player that that stuck uh, shone and, and completely looked he looked a championship player to me already um was Scott Swine he was he was brilliant and I think already we've seen his his ability to shoot from long range and, and some of the screamers that he, he scored but yesterday I got to watch him in full and um, just the way he presses, the, the way he gets on the ball and, and makes things happen, his vision, his intelligence, it just screamed a championship player. And um, I think given the, the way he was pressing and forcing mistakes, it, it did seem like he was a, a Nathan Jones player. Of course, MK Don swooping in for him and, and getting a, a really good player, a really good deal in the end, given that us amongst another few championship clubs were after him but yeah he'd be a player that would be high up on my wish list of course now he's he's got uh, nine goals and seven assists in league one I'm sure his, his price would have ramped up but again I wouldn't be surprised if championship clubs or even beyond do come in for him even after four months at MK Dons. So where would you see him fitting into a, a Luton side obviously assuming that the back three is is what, what we're going for would you say he'd be the, the number 10 or would you be the, the, the centre forward alongside Eli? Well yesterday he played in a 3-4-2-1 as you were saying sort of the, the um, quasi sort of 10 um, he, he was slightly left um, and he looked looked really good and that's similar to how we played against Blackpool I guess with, with um, Mendes Gomez and, and Clark playing more narrow so I could see him playing there. Similarly, if um, we were playing Clark and Adebayo up top, he's he's best. Yeah, he'd, he'd probably be best in num- in a number ten role. But I think he, I think there is also scope for him to play alongside a, a striker as well because he's that intelligent. He's he's quick. He, he he would gamble off Adebayo. Ultimately, I think he, his best position would be number ten. But I think he's got that flexibility and adaptability to to operate really um, in the majority of forward positions and, and do well in them. So, yeah, he's a player that I'm, I'm, I was very impressed with and a player that after watching him, I'm gutted that we didn't, we didn't sign him. Yeah, I think he's probably one now that's got away, really. Um, I think he's probably going to easily command a two million plus fee. I'm not quite sure we're at that, at that, that level yet. Um, so, yeah, I think he's probably, probably one that, that got away. Yeah, hundred um, percent. What about your second, your second pick? 
Um, it's been tough because obviously I mentioned left back, so I tried to have a look through a, a few left-sided defenders, and the only one that stood out for that age bracket, um, I think one you mentioned to me, Billy Offline, was that Nesta Guinness Walker. I think he's been chased by a few clubs in the Championship. Don't know an awful lot about him, um, but he's playing it in a decent uh, side at, at Wimbledon. Um, he, he played both left back in a four and left wing back in a, in a three occasionally. Um, so, yeah, I don't know an awful lot, but he's he's that great age profile. He seems athletic, um, which is obviously fit, fits the sort of player that, that, that we're going after. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only issue would be because he's getting constant and consistent league one minutes. Maybe, he's done, he, maybe he won't want to come in to be back up. Um, but... I guess you know we we all know how good Nathan's um PowerPoint slides are. Yeah, yeah. We've always said that we want to be the next one he does, we want to be in there, we want to see what it's like because I'm sure it'd be it would be a lot of fun to be involved in. But yeah, Nesta Guinness Walker. Um I said to you before that I'm pretty sure that that we've been linked with him before, but now I'm saying out loud, I'm I don't know if I've made that up or if I've just come across him before for, for whatever reason. But yeah, looking looking at him statistically and um, looking at uh, the, the amount of games he's played in, in recent seasons, it'd be difficult for him to come in and, and spend, say, the whole season on the bench, given he's, he's the sheer amount of football he's played in, in his professional career so far at just 22 years old. But yeah, I think he's, he's a player that definitely has championship ability and has the confidence and, and attacking drive to, to thrive as a modern-day wing-back I've been really impressed from what I've seen of him as well. I've seen him a couple of times on, on the TV. And yeah, I think he's a, a very good player that is within an AFC Wimbledon side that you probably could scout a few players because they've got a, a very young squad that are competing well in, in League One, in my opinion. So yeah, I think that would be a good market to, to look into, actually, just Wimbledon in general. We'll um, come to your third pick, Jamie. Um. So I guess it's tough to look at other positions, other areas because I think we're, we're pretty strong. Um, but I'm still a little bit nervous about goalkeeper. Um, I know we all know we've got that option on Sluga. Well, we've not been confirmed, but Nathan insinuated it in, in a recent uh, press conference. So we all know we've got Sluga through to next summer. Um, so 18 months away. But I don't know. I, I just don't think the board will be comfortable going into next season with Slugo with only one year left. And I think James Shea's contract expires in the summer. Um, not confirmed, obviously, it's, it's tough because we we don't really uh, let everyone know how long our contracts are now, do we, in our, in our sort of announcement. But if, we, if it does expire in the summer, then that's an interesting one. Do you want to give James Shea, although he's been fantastic in his two games to come in, do you want to give him another two, three contract? I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, going go on to the actual question. Um, Keeper from Plymouth, um, young goalkeeper um, playing at a good but dropping like a stone Plymouth side at the minute. Um, but still, to be a 21, 22 year old goalkeeper for a top half League One side is a good thing. Um, I think they've kept quite a few clean sheets this season. Um, obviously, part of that's going to be due to the defence in front of him, but he, he, the keeper himself would have had to have done well. And yeah, it's, it's interesting, obviously, that now Wynelow has gone to Preston. Maybe some players might get a bit annoyed with that. Um, we, we all know that 
some some of our players probably behind the scenes weren't best pleased with Nathan going to Stoke. So maybe that's the same for for, for a few of the players down at Plymouth. Um, so not saying that he that, that he wants to leave, but if if a club like Luton, who are an aspirational sort of top half champ, championship side, come in for him, then he, he might want to come to us. Um, so yeah, I think the, the goalkeeper area is certainly one to look at. Yeah, certainly interesting what you're saying about the goalkeepers there. And as we said, we've seen Shea come in and I think a lot of Luton fans are calling him to start against Fulham, given his performance against Blackpool, given uh, statistically speaking as well, two games and two clean sheets. So I think the the, the sort of notion that he should start is shared between quite a lot of Luton fans at the moment. So yeah, um, a, a goalkeeper, given Sluga's situation might be a good avenue to go down and yeah as, as I was saying before I did see MK Don's Plymouth yesterday and, and Plymouth really really impressed me actually um, not entirely sure how they'd fare up in the championship but in terms of the way they play football and in terms of how they set up stylistically they're organised they're a, a very good sides actually at, at league one level and I thought MK Don's were quite good as well but for, for me Plymouth were really good um, there was a, a few players within that squad that, that could be operating at championship level, but also a few players that I think League One's probably probably the ceiling for them. And Cooper, yeah, you, you could. One thing that I noticed is how loud he was. He's a very commanding goalkeeper, which at 22 years old and you're, you're leading a defence with all of them older than you, all experienced pros. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's quite impressive. And shot stopping ability was there as well. Made a, a couple of, of very good saves. His kicking as well was good. Likes to build up from the back. So yeah, he ticks a lot of boxes as a goalkeeper. But as similar, I think, to what we were saying with Bird, I'm sure that there'll be higher Championship clubs sniffing around, and even even lower league uh, uh, Premier League sides as well. So yeah, it'll be a, a difficult one to to administer and, and to go through but he's a player that definitely has got a good future in, in the English game one other player as well that caught my eye um, it's probably a bit of recency bias because of, because of that was the game I went to yesterday but um, Harry Darling um, centre-back for MK Dons was, was brilliant 22 years old I, I had no clue I thought it was around 25 26 watching him play but He's just one of those, um, I, the player I'd most describe him to is someone like Rob Dickey or sort of going into the Premier League, Harry Maguire, in, in terms of bringing the ball out from the back and sort of those marading runs forward. But he's also really composed on the ball. MK Dons are a side that, that build out from the back and, and trust their centre-backs in possession with, with the high press. And he dealt with that really, really well. And he's got pace, he's got strength, he's got all the physical capabilities needed and he's 22 years old. So that there's a ceiling with him. He's also really high. And I tweeted about him after 40, 40, 44 minutes. It was saying how good he was and he's, he's brilliant. And then he didn't come on for the second half with a knock. So it, it just shows you no Kyoso. And after I've, I've sung the praises of another player, he goes off injured. So hopefully it's nothing too serious because he's a, he's a brilliant player, but I'm sure it wasn't because he didn't seem to do anything too bad. So, yeah, that, that would be my two picks, two MK Dons players, which I'm, I'm sure is not going to go down too. I was going to say, I, I, I feel a bit uneasy about how often you, you said the word MK Dons. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to go down well. I think if Stephen was here, he'd, he'd try and kick me out of the call, I think. 
lucky <laughs> he's not here to to do that today. But yeah, I, I think the way they play football and and I think they're going to generate championship interest in in January and beyond because they've got a lot of young players coming through that that are probably too good for League One level and have got really really high ceilings. So yeah, it could be a, a team that get picked off with the amount of talent they've got coming through. Let's hope so, Bradford Chief fees. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we get Scott Twine for less than a seven-figure fee. That would be that'd be all right. Well, that is all that we've got time for today. Of course, all of this is, is pure uh, speculation. We've got no clue of, of what Luton are thinking. We could be completely wrong with, with the stuff we're talking about, but that's what this is all about. I, I guess that's what the, the trouble is for Luton, ensuring that they get the best business done in January if they need to do anything, that is. Um, a, a big thank you to you, Jamie, for joining me today and a big thank you for those uh, who are listening for your continued support. Uh, if you haven't heard, we've also got our weekly review preview show out, so make sure you listen to that. And as we've mentioned over the last couple of weeks, we are nearing our relaunch, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.